Welcome to Awaken Church Online. In this message, recorded at our annual Church in the Park service, Leslie Harrison talks about change. What I want to do this morning is, hopefully, my plan is to encourage us to go forward and say yes to God when changes come across our path, when there's a new thing that's going on. And one of the reasons this came to mind, because because for myself in the last two, three weeks, I found myself rearranging things, doing a new thing, having a sense that a new season was coming along for me and maybe for others. And some of those bits and pieces were just small little day-to-day things that don't mean much to anybody else, but I realized I'm do, I want to do this differently now. I want to do this thing a bit differently. Why have I been doing this this way all these years? It seems odd now. I'm going to make a change. And yet I think there are bigger things coming than just day-to-day stuff. I think we've maybe we have a new season coming upon us. And I know that's happened for some people because I know some of you, and I know some of you have accepted new jobs, and you're going into a new season with that. There are new seasons that are usually happen. We're coming into fall, and there's kids are starting off to a new grade in school. Some are going off to college. Some are dealing with reverb. <laughs> but um, so there's, and I wonder. So I wonder about the next season and that we can go forward well. There's also, you know, other testimonies I've heard lately. There's people who have said, well, it's like I kind of woke up. It dawned on me that I've been in this place in my mind and heart that hasn't been healthy for me or hasn't been good or that I want to change. And and God has been there for them. And then they've been able to say, okay, I'm going to go into a new season. It's time to change. And God has opened their heart and mind up again to a new work. So I'm listening to these things around me and, again, wondering, do we have a new season before us as individuals, maybe as a church? We've also been working through this post-COVID type of thing. It's a new season. I hear things that, you know, things there are things that won't be the same again. There's people who went to work at home, and they will continue to work at home because life has changed. So I'm looking at that for myself, and hopefully, like I say, it can be somewhat of an encouragement what I have to say. The one thing that remains with us through changes, I mean, change is happening in a sense all the time. We grow up, things change. And through it all, what abides is faith, hope, and love. God is with us through us all. If we know him, you know, we've we've accepted his invitation. He dwells in our heart, and we've heard him, we've said yes, and we go forward and we're always moving forward, and what remains is faith and hope and love. And we hear them through these processes. And I'm hoping to, like I say, encourage us in that today, because one of the things that happens in the old seasons is we get into habits, right? We, we you know, we're, we're just, we can get stuck in a rut. And it's not just, it's, it's, Our brains get on a pattern like that, too. You know, sometimes it's hard to change a habit because our mind is always going down the same line. So so in terms of changing our thinking, 
accepting the new, getting rid of the old. You know, how do we cross into a new season and do it well? And I think it has a lot to do with who we listen to. We take time with God. We listen to him. Who and what are we listening to? Because there are a lot of voices in the land. There are a lot of voices round about us. And I'm going to use that word voices today because that's what I think of when, when something comes across my mind. And what am I listening to? What am I choosing to listen to? What voice, what thought, what habit am I going to follow? Because there's in this life we have this day and age, there's lots of distractions. We've got more in the way of media than we had, say, when I was a kid. You know, we've got, we all have our phones, we have the internet, we have advertisement. We have all this stuff that we know is vying for our attention all the time. So they're all voices, and who are we going to listen to? We have distractions. We have, the Lord has told us in his word that their Satan works as a roaring lion. He's a voice, walks around looking who he can sink his teeth into and devour. And so there's more subtle voices we don't want to listen to. And we know that Jesus, he listened to his father, his father above. He listened to the man above and he did what he heard and he followed through. And we are his sheep, and we hear his voice. He is above at the right hand of his Father, and we are his sheep, and we follow him. We hear his voice. But again, we have these distractions we deal with on a day-to-day, run-of-the-mill level, and also in the big decisions of life. And, you know, again, I look around, and I see lots of people with, that are similar to my age, and you know all this stuff already. And some of the things when I mention the Bible, you know already. And if you don't, if I mention something that you kind of wonder about because you don't know, ask someone nearby today when we're having lunch. You know, talk to someone who knows a little bit more about that passage than you do. I think that's called discipling. Jesus did that. It's a good thing to do. Anyway, let's move on. So how was Jesus tempted? He was tempted with the flesh and the world and the devil, right? He fasts for 40 days and he's off and the devil says, take that rock. You're hungry. Take the rock. Go ahead. Turn it into bread. Eat it. You can do that. And we know he was tempted to listen to him and obey him and follow through with the devil's instructions rather than his father's instructions. So again, it's, he had a choice and he had a choice who he'd listen to. And again, we do this all the time. And, you know, he dealt with, he could turn a rock into bread. But I know, you know, for me, one of the things I deal with, now this is one of the things I'm really good at. I'm really good at not buying barbecued potato chips and putting them in my cupboard within reach. Okay? I feel fine allowing myself to have barbecued potato chips when I am at a potluck like this. Or maybe it comes with some little meal I've got and I like them. And I sit there and I enjoy them. And, you know, this day and age compared to when I was a kid, that bag is smaller than it used to be. And I might have started out thinking I got a sandwich and might save half those potato chips till later on. And then I'm at the bottom of the bag thinking, oh, maybe I need some more. I'll have to open a new bag. Shall I open the... 
And by listening to the voice of the new bag, and I'm listening to the flesh, trouble with those potato chips, it's also the world system I'm listening to. Because I read once that those chip manufacturers, they study just how much crunch we like to have inside our mouth that makes us react and want another bite. So to me, that's, that's a double whammy. We got the world and the flesh dealing with us with those chips. But again, how do we say no? How do we know what's right? How do we hear? How do we obey? How do we do the best thing? How do we make the best choice? So uh, basically, we choose who we listen to. And Jesus listened to his Father above. And then he went up there and he said, I'm going to be up there, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to hear my words and tell them to you. So the Holy Spirit is listening to Father above. And so now, getting back to seasons and times, I'm going to talk about the Israelites in the wilderness experience. We, they've, they've come out of Egypt. They're down there at the mountain. Moses has gone up to the mountain to talk to God, to go up there, listen to the man above, get some instruction and so on. And the people down below lose track of that. And they start to worry. They think whatever they think. And instead, they start thinking like they did before. They start thinking more like slaves. They go through the process we know about, about even Aaron joins them and helps them build the golden calf. And we know that God doesn't like that. The tablets that God, you know, Moses is listening to God above, even has some things written down from God above. Those things get broken when he comes down, and God's ready to wipe them all out. Moses intercedes. He has mercy. He understands something about how they lived as slaves, what their mentality was in the old season, what it was like when they were living for 400 years. That's a lot of generations to have your thinking become a certain way as opposed to God's people. You know, thinking you're God's people, thinking you're a slave of Pharaoh. I mean, there's, they had a huge background. And Moses understood that to one degree or another. He raised him for, you know, Pharaoh's household, but still. So he's asking for mercy, and God answers. So there's that conversation. And then there's new instructions. And there comes instruction to build the tabernacle down on ground level, right? Wasn't that nice of God? came off the mountain and made a way to be down there where Moses didn't have to go out of sight for a while and could hang out down below. But the people, they got it again, that this God who brought them out of Egypt and was there as a pillar in a fire. And then they'd look at Moses and see his face glowing or he put the veil over his face because it was a bit much. And they had these instructions and they heard, they built the tabernacle. They heard the instructions from the man above and they followed through with all of that. But the goal all along was the promised land, yeah? A new season. But when we go into new seasons, is there the temptation to just kind of go halfway? I mean, I know Bruce and I have talked about moving it. We've moved a lot of times. You move into a new house, you get real comf comfy. You can kind of do your thing again, you know, and you got stuff... But there's still some boxes of other stuff kind of laying around that need to be put away or something. And 
but you're comfortable and those don't get opened up and put away as fast. So sometimes we can get stuck as we pass through the new season. Those, I mean, how many of those Israelites do you think were thinking, you know, this isn't too bad. I mean, they're slaves. They, they got pulled out of slavery. They're hanging out there in the wilderness. And the most powerful God, this huge entity that wiped out the Egyptian army, etc., is there and at ground level now. And we can see Moses. He's got that veil on his face. We know he's talking to him. That we're good there. We're safe. And we're getting our meals delivered every day, right? They got manna. They got quails in the evening. They're... How many Israelites do you think were comfortable there? Why move on? And yet God had another plan. God had a different season. And, of course, we know that, you know, they also heard those... Uh, those spies that went in and said, oh, there's giants over there, you know, let's stay here where the meals are delivered, you know, that kind of thing. But Joshua and Caleb, they pushed through. Joshua was also was spending time with God. You know, Moses was hearing from God. They were hearing from Moses. They were obeying. Joshua was spending time with God personally. He took him into the promised land. You know, God's promised land, his plans are good. We know that. They're good, and they give us a future and a hope. And again, faith and hope and love abide. They remain. They're with, they're with us always. And that promised land was there, and someone like Joshua pursued the faith and hope to pursue and enter into the promised land. So then, I'm going to move on to Gideon, because that was another season, wasn't it? The Midianites were coming in and raiding Israel on a yearly basis, taking everything they'd worked for, and Gideon was there, you know, hiding out, trying to keep some wheat for his family. And the messenger of God shows up, and Gideon starts to listen. And he has questions, and he wonders, and he has some doubts, but God proves himself to Gideon to the point where Gideon says, Oh, you are going to bring peace from the Midianites. And, he, and, and we get to know Jehovah Shalom through that story. God is our peace. And peace speaks of what? Victory, lack of strife, a new season where they don't have the Midianites coming in. But there is victory, and he is, the, he is our prince of peace. He was Jehovah Shalom. And Gideon, again, was listening to the man above. He was listening to God hearing his instruction and following through. And sometimes he had some doubts here and there, and he'd throw out a fleece, and he would get an answer and confirm the instruction and so on and pursue and move forward. And he always knew he had that Jehovah Shalom, his God, his peace. He had an altar that he'd put. He had a place that he had made that was his. He'd also gone up and tore down the altar of Baal per the instructions, but he had that place in his heart, his mind, that place on his piece of ground that he could always go back to. He could always seek God. He would know God his peace. Again, he listened to the man above. And even his instruction with the, the thing where, you know, he, God told him to keep the people who drank the water a certain way for going forward and getting victory. Again, who was listening to God? Who was hearing him? So I'm talking about listening to God, to the man upstairs. 
and having spending time in that secret place, as some people call it, that place where you get alone with God, you hear from Him. And if you're going into a new season, if you need to make a change, if you need victory, remember to shut out those other voices of the world and the flesh and the enemy and spend time with Him and get that peace from Him because He is our Prince of Peace. And what that means is that He's won the war. And I think it's my 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 folks' generation who maybe knew that better than some of us because World War II was a big deal and they had their victory days and so on. They knew what it was like when victory finally happened. And Jesus won our victory on the cross and he is our Prince of Peace. And that is absolutely huge when we go through this day that is sometimes crazy in this day and age. And... He gave us the Holy Spirit through that peace, and we hear his voice. He's our shepherd. We hear his voice. We follow him. We follow him into the new seasons. He says if we cast our cares on him, he will take them, and he will surround our hearts and minds with his peace. I read somewhere once that that surrounding our hearts and minds with his peace was you could describe it as an umpire. And they got, whoever this was, got it, you know, a bit from the Greek words and whatnot. And I don't remember that right now. But it's like calling the shots. You have a question about the new season you're going into? Get into that quiet place with the man above and listen to him and let him call the shots. And let him give you direction. Let him give you peace that helps guide you. That you can hear and obey. Now, obedience is used, it's kind of a hard word. I don't like that word very well. It's its kind of not fun. But it has its root word in listen. We first hear when we go out to, obeying comes after hearing the direction. And so we hear and we there's all these voices around us. And especially if we're going through change, it can be confusing. But let's stop and shut out the other voices and listen in our quiet place, our secret place, to the man above. Hear him. Let him guard our minds and hearts. Hear his peace. Let him, let us follow him. And um, you know, we just finished a study in Ephesians. You know, and you get towards the end of Ephesians and you're reading about the armor of God. And he tells us our feet are walking around, are shod with the gospel of peace. And so we can walk around in his peace. He's created that possibility for us. And that peace that guards our hearts and minds is also in that helmet of salvation over our mind. And it's over our heart and the breastplate of right. So that peace is throughout that armor of his, he tells us to stand in and to, and to live with. And so I'm in. You know, seek that place out, nurture and grow in that secret place with him where you hear his voice and where you sense his peace and let it call the shots and the choices that you make and walk through this day and age we live in. Jesus is up there with at the right hand of God, talking with God. He hears God's, the Father's words. 
He said, he's, when he was on earth, he spoke them to the disciples. He said, I'm going away. I'll send the Holy Spirit. He will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you what God the Father and I have to say. Jesus ta is talking, interceding on our behalf with the Father. They're all having a conversation, and we're invited into that conversation. And do you remember a couple weeks ago when we were singing God is, you know, he's our good, good father? And, and we had a few different words of being like little children for our Abba, Daddy, Father, and being lifted up by him. And it was Melanie who mentioned how her little girl used to say uppy. And God invites us up above. He invites us to say uppy and be with him. And so basically, uh, my word to you today is, with new seasons in particular, listen to the man above. So listen up. Spend your life listening up to him and following him. He's got a way for you to go. And he will give you peace in the midst of it. Thank you for joining us today on Awaken Church Online. To learn more about the church, visit our website, awakenchurchmac.com. 